Welcome to the weekly podcast, recorded live at Glory City Church, Brisbane. We hope you are blessed by this week's sermon. Father, we're so thankful. Holy Spirit, come. Thank you for your presence. Lord, we say thank you for all that you're doing and all that you're going to do. Lord, I just ask that you'd put your arms around your people right now, that you'd encourage them, that you'd help them know that you are with them, that you are here. Lord, that you would speak words through me tonight that would, would establish them, that would help them, that would encourage them, that would bring shift and change in their lives. Father, we ask, Lord, that you'd help us to apply the wisdom that we have and apply the wisdom that we learn. In the name of Jesus, everybody said? Amen. Well, we're speaking life and we're talking about what it looks like to speak life. I've been sharing on this for a while now, but I really am excited about the testimonies that I'm hearing about what's happening when people are being very, very intentional with their words. Proverbs chapter 18, verse 20 says this. A man's stomach shall be satisfied from the fruit of his mouth and the produce of his lips. From the produce of his lips, he shall be filled. Verse 21, death and life are in the power of the tongue. You know, you eat the fruit of your words. You can create the world around you with your words. You say, what are you you talking about? Bible tells us that we are created in the image of the one who created the world with his words. He said, light be, and it was. And he tells us that death and life are in the power of our tongue, that we can eat the fruit of our lips. So if we're grumbling and complaining, moaning and groaning, we're not not changing anything for good, but actually establishing things in the negative that we're not looking to have. Romans 4.17, we've read this scripture before, says, God who gives life to the dead and calls those things which do not exist as though they did. That same God, our God, calls what doesn't exist as though it already does. And he's looking for us to begin to operate in his ways. His ways are higher than our ways. His thoughts are higher than our thoughts. So we need to get with his ways. A lot of people have wisdom, but unless we apply the wisdom that we have, it is nothing more than a a knowledge that puffs up. But when we actively apply what we know and we begin to use our tongues, use our words to call those things that be not as though they are, we can prophesy and creatively speak into being what we wanna see happen. We've seen that happen over and over again. But you know, I believe that we need to be very, very careful with our words. If you're walking around saying, I'm sick and tired, I'm so sick and tired of this. I don't know why I'm so tired all the time. I'm always tired. You know, I can't figure it out. I've been to the doctor, they've done all the tests. There's something wrong with me. I know there's something wrong with me. The more you talk like that, the more you're actually going to eat the fruit of your lips. Instead, why don't you begin to speak out, I'm full of power by the Spirit of the Lord. I get stronger and healthier and more vibrant every day, hallelujah. I sleep well, I eat well, I'm full of energy. You might not feel like that, but you have power to call those things that be not as though they are and creatively speak these things into being. 
2 Corinthians 10.4 tells us that the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty in God for pulling down strongholds, casting down arguments and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, bringing every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ. Now, I've applied this in my life so deliberately and so intentionally over the years, and I am eating so much of the fruit of what I've done. Those who've journeyed with me, who walk with me, know it. I make declarations like my books are bestsellers. My books are bestsellers, hallelujah. I make declarations. I remember um, years ago, I developed some nodules on my vocal cords, and, or a nodule on my vocal cord, and it had come, I think, from preaching, I was worship leading, preaching, ministering over the, at the altar, over loud music, and I, I blew my throat. And I couldn't talk properly, and I couldn't sing properly, and I had lost all of my range, and I was talking like this. And I had to get other people in to preach. I had to get other people in to worship lead. And it was a good thing, I suppose, learning to delegate, let other people do some things. But let me tell you, it was not the will of God for me to be sick. Faith begins where the will of God is known, F.F. Bosworth used to say. And the will of God is to give us life and life more abundant, to destroy the works of the evil one. Hallelujah. The will of God is that we would be healed. By his stripes we are healed. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits. He heals all our iniquities, who forgives all our iniquities and heals all our diseases. That's the will of God. So I knew he wanted me well, but it was really discouraging. They sent me to a speech therapist. I was trained as a speech and drama teacher. I was like, I don't wanna go to a speech therapist. I know what to do, but oh, it was distressing. And I'd have to drive and pay all this money for a speech therapist. And I still go, oh, doggy, like this. And then the Lord challenged me to speak life. So in the mornings, I'd get up, and though my voice hurt, my throat hurt, I'd say, I have a beautiful singing voice and my voice is strong and clear. <laughs> Every day, I have a beautiful singing voice. I have a great range. <laughs> my voice is strong and clear. I can reach high notes and low notes. <laughs> After three months, all of a sudden, everything came, came back to normal. I had my full range, everything was fine. I, I didn't need the operation they were telling me I was going to have to have. God completely healed me. But I learned something. I learned that the weapons of our warfare aren't carnal, but they are mighty in God to the pulling down of strongholds. That we actually have to begin to recognize, I can sit back and be a victim, or I can do something about it. I've been given this powerful tool and it's called my tongue. The word of the Lord, the sword of the Lord. It's his word spoken and our word spoken. As it's like a two-edged sword, first in his mouth and in our mouth. Cuts both ways, hallelujah. We come into agreement with God and we begin to speak life. By his stripes, we are healed, hallelujah. I'm the healed of the Lord. And you can make these declarations and life comes, hallelujah. Or you can sit back and be miserable. I've done both. 
speaking life is a whole lot better. Hallelujah. Pity parties are never as good as the enemy cracks them up to be. So we need to speak creatively, but we also need to be very aware of our self-life, our self-talk, the inner dialogue that goes on in our heads. What we're speaking to ourselves is really important. We need to be agreeing with God about what he says about us. Thank you, God, that I'm a new creation. All things have passed away. Thank you, God, as you are, so am I in this world. Hallelujah. And we need to be very deliberate to reckon ourselves dead indeed to sin and alive to God in Christ. Thank you, Lord. It's no longer me who lives, but Christ who lives in me. If you are feeling discouraged, you need to get up and you need to actively open your mouth and make sound. Start to speak the word. That's why I like to pray the Bible. I like to make declarations. I, I call those things that be not as though they are and I speak it out. And the atmosphere starts to shift because I'm actually doing spiritual warfare when I make declarations. But you know, often also in our inner dialogue, fear tries to, to camp and worry tries to camp and to, to sap you of your strength. And you can have conversation going on in your head continually that is feeding your soul poison, that's making you anxious, making you afraid. You can know better, you can know that you shouldn't be worried about it, but the voice still comes, still tries to tick away in the background. Philippians 4 verse 6 says this, Be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which passes all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. That's an incredible promise. He says, don't be worried about anything. Talk to me about it. Let me know what's on your mind. Talk to me about it. Bring it to me. You know, we don't have to do things on our own. We are not alone. Hallelujah. You don't have to figure it out on your own. You can bring it to him. I love to bring things to him in the mornings where I actually just go through what's on my mind like a a pile, an inbox, Okay, what am I concerned about? What am I anxious about? Is there anything I'm worried about? Okay, I'm concerned about this situation. So Father, let's talk about this. I'll tell him what's on my mind. I'll bring it to him. I'll say, what do you think about that? Then we'll come into agreement and I'll start to make declarations about it. Hallelujah. I remember um, once when I was just beginning the church with Tom and I I was thinking... it, it. We'd we'd started, we'd been going a little while, but I was having a little complaint to God. I was saying, Lord, it would have been a whole lot easier if you'd asked me just to come in and take over from somebody else. Or if you had asked me to come and just be a two IC for somebody else so they could make all the hard decisions. That would, that would suit me, that would have suited me better because I'm, I'm good at supporting people and I, that would have been easier for me. This is, you, you know, pioneering, 
God, you know, this was a tough call. It would have been easier if I had a senior pastor. This would have been easier for me. This is what I was telling him. I went to sleep and I had a dream. And in the dream, I was walking and talking with this tall man who had dark hair and he was very familiar to me, yet I've never seen him. And he was my senior pastor. And I was walking with him and I was saying, what do you think about this person in this position? He said, that's a really good idea. That's a really good idea. I think that's good. And then he said, have you considered this person for this? And I went, that's an awesome idea. Yeah, let's do that. He goes, yeah, I'm going to work really well. And I woke up and I felt so good. And I realized the Holy Spirit spoke to me. He said, I'm your senior pastor. I thought, this is so good. I'm not doing this on my own. I don't have to figure it out. You're the one that I can lean on. And you know what I loved about it was he'd say things like, yeah, that's a really good idea. That's a good plan. And then he'd, he'd say, what do you think about this? What do you think about that person? Have you considered that person for this position? And he wasn't saying, you must do this, do this, or do that, don't do that, do this. That was what I would have expected God to be like. But that's not what the father is like. Yeah. A good father doesn't treat a child that's growing up and, and starting to take responsibility as someone that needs to be controlled and dictated to. They encourage, they empower and they help them in an empowering way to be able to make decisions. Do you know the Lord trusts you? You've been given the mind of Christ. He gave it to you. He thinks you're awesome. You have the capacity to make amazing decisions, to make wonderful choices, and he knows it. So he doesn't want to take the role of, of dictating to you. He wants to draw out of you what he's already put in you. Hallelujah. And so when we're worrying and stressing, the Father wants to, us to begin to access the Holy Spirit, the fellowship of the Holy Spirit, the helper, so that we don't walk around anxious, thinking about, oh, how's this gonna happen? What am I gonna do here? But instead, tell him everything. Talk to him. And then the scripture goes on and says, once you've brought your worries and your concerns to him, the peace of God, will, will, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your heart and mind. And he says to do it with thanksgiving. When we talk to him, we, we, we bring the, the different worries, the different things that might be lining up in your, in your brain, then we go, oh, thanks God. Thank you, God, that I'm not doing this on my own. Thanks, God, that I don't have to figure this out by myself. I'm so grateful that you and I together, we've, you've got this. This is awesome, God, I thank you. You've got a great plan for, for this. Even if I don't know all the answers straight away, I get this great sense of joy that, oh, hooray, I'm not doing this on my own. I have full trust that you've got this completely. This is gonna go well, hallelujah. He wants that revelation to well up in your heart so thanksgiving comes. And that's where declarations come in. 
When you start to call those things that be not, as you brought your worries to him, you've talked to him, you can get thankful, thank you God, you've got this. Then you can start speaking it out creatively. And you're doing it not as a formula, not as a, a thing that you're hoping will work. You can do it out of a sincere conviction. Hallelujah, this is what's gonna happen. I'm gonna call it as it already is. And then, like it tells us in scripture, sing, O barren, you who've not born. He's actually wanting us to get emotional about the reality of what's going to happen. Sing, O barren. That seems mean to instruct someone that's desperately wanting a child who hasn't yet fallen pregnant. Get really happy. Get so happy that you're singing about it. But that's what God wants us to do. He wants us to come to the place where we're so excited about what he's going to do, that we sing and dance, that we get genuinely thankful, that we get genuinely happy in our hearts. Thank you, God, hallelujah. What are you looking for? What are you hoping for? God wants you to get so happy about it that you're declaring those things that be not as though they are and then letting your emotions be paired with it so you're actually celebrating before you even have it in the natural. This is the wisdom of God. It's foolishness to some. They might think, well, that's ridiculous, but I tell you, it works for me. <laughs> over and over and over again. You can declare those things that be not, and I, I encourage you to do it about your family members, about your workplace, about everything that you're doing, instead of grumbling and complaining about it, start speaking life. Start declaring, my children are passionate worshipers of God. My children are, are full of the Holy Spirit and have divine initiatives all the time that are backed up with the wisdom of God. You can creatively speak their future. Over your spouse, instead of saying, oh, you know, my spouse, they're like this, they never do that, you know, they never do this, they're like this, you know, they're just, they're just like that, you know, they never. Instead of grumbling and complaining, why not start declaring those things that be not as though they are? Take the opportunity to start declaring exactly what you want to see. God's put the desire in your heart. Start speaking it out because you can have what you say. Hallelujah. Not only do we speak and declare, God wants us to see it and say it. That's the way we get happy about it, where we actually see it in our sanctified imagination. Oh God, thank you, I'm so happy. Thank you, Lord. If, you're, if you've got um, a test coming up, a medical test coming up, instead of being anxious and concerned about it, oh God, I hope it's all right, oh Lord, let it be all right, oh God, I hope it's all right, let it be all right. You can take that to him, bring the concern to him, but then picture the results being all clear, wonderful, and let your emotions go there and get happy about it. Wow, thank you, God. My results are all clear. Hallelujah. That's what you can do. That's what the weapon that you have in your hand. Or you can let the, the worry tick away in the background like an unopened app on your phone that just drains your battery. Tom taught me how to close all the apps on my phone. I 
used to have 50 apps open at a time, you know. And he said, you know, that's wasting your battery. That's why your battery's going flat, honey. You should just like swipe them away. I'm like, oh, oh okay, I can do that. That's what I have to do every morning with my thoughts. I have to go through it and go, what, what's ticking away in the background? Have I got anything ticking away? Yeah, I actually am a bit concerned about that. Father, oh, I'm so glad I don't have to do this on my own. I bring you this weight, I bring you this concern. And I talk to him and I give it to him. And then I often will go and see if he's actually spoken to me about that very issue before. I'll look up in my journals. I think I've talked to you about this before. What did you say about it then? Ah, that's a good word, God. Then I'll begin to speak it out, declare it. And then the next one, is there anything else I'm worried about? Yeah, okay, I'm a bit concerned about that. I bring you that, Lord. I need wisdom on that. Thank you, you're gonna give me wisdom. Oh, it's so good, I'm so grateful. And I'll talk to him and then I'll begin to declare. Thank you, Lord, I'm gonna make a great decision about that. I've already made a wonderful decision. That's, that's all taken care of, hallelujah. Whatever it is, you can go through it like a set of bills and just tick each one off. Or you can get up and go through your day and let these things suck away your strength in the background. God wants you to actively employ your mouth to begin to speak and declare those things that be not as though they already are. Actively see it and say it. Picture it, what's it going to look like when? If you're struggling with sickness, can you see yourself well? then you need to be speaking out, seeing it and saying it, I'm the healed of the Lord, hallelujah. The Bible says, let the redeemed of the Lord say so. By his stripes we were healed. So, I've been healed, I'm healed, I'm the healed of the Lord, hallelujah. I'm the, I don't do happy dance, I'm the healed of the Lord, hallelujah. <laughs> Instead of worrying and struggling and complaining, Get happy about what you haven't yet seen and you open the door for yourself to be able to walk through into it. If the word says that the weapons of our warfare aren't carnal, but they're mighty in God to the pulling down of strongholds, we need to believe what the Bible tells us. We can quote it. Many people, you could quote that verse, but how often do you actually apply it to your life in a practical way? You know, I... Believe the Father is just looking for the simple ones who would humble themselves like little children and take hold of the kingdom, who'd actually do what he says. To read the word not as information that's puffing me up with knowledge, but as an invitation into my everyday life, an invitation into what I can do today to see change happen to see change in my family, to see change in my circumstances. What can I do today? You know, I, I do this even to the point of before I walk into a meeting, rather than just going in, I, I like to try and take some time to see what's it gonna look like today, God? Thank you, Lord. Begin to see them. If you're walking into um, a business meeting and you're really looking for a good outcome, you need to be, 
asking the Lord about it in the morning, thanking Him for His help, then be declaring the outcome that He's put in your heart, the desire that He wants to have, and then seeing it and saying it all the way into the meeting. Picturing it, what's it going to be like? What's it gonna be like when they receive what I'm trying to bring, hallelujah. This is, this is powerful and we have the power to do something with it or we can leave it sitting at home, dormant. God's looking for you to begin to take time. I remember reading about William Branham and he would seek the Lord to know what was happening in meetings before he'd walk into the meetings. And the Lord would start to show him different ones that would get healed and, and he'd see them and what they'd look like and their ailments and he'd see how the Lord wanted to heal them and sure enough, he'd go into the meetings and that's exactly what he'd see and that's exactly what would happen. I remember reading that and thinking, I'm gonna do that. That's a good idea. So I did it, first time, before a meeting on a Friday night, back when we were still in Springwood. I said, right, Lord, you're no respecter of persons. Show me what you're gonna to do tonight. Show me who you're gonna to heal tonight. And I saw a lady who had one leg shorter than the other and I saw, um, as I kept looking, I said, Lord, how do you wanna heal her? Because I already knew, of course, he wanted to heal her because the will of God is to heal. How do you wanna heal her? So I saw myself pray for her. She was slain in the spirit. I got down on the floor, put my hand on her ankle and her ankle grew out and I was so happy, hallelujah. This is all before the meeting began, before I even left home. I went that night, I gave a word of knowledge. I was still a bit new in it, so I didn't say it was a lady. I just said, someone here, you've got one leg shorter than the other and you need, it's affecting your hips and your, the way you can walk. And a lady came out and she had a dress on because in the vision I'd seen this lady with a dress. I was so excited, I knew what to do next. So I laid hands on her, she fell on the ground, I got down on the ground, I put my hand on her ankle, her ankle, her leg grew out. She jumped up and ran around the building saying, I've never been able to do this. I was like, yay, it's so cool, God. But then when I went home that night, I was like, that's awesome, God. I thought to myself, I wonder why I don't ask about more things. Like, I wonder why I don't ask about my day. Like, what do you want to do today, God? Then start to picture and see it come to pass. And I was a bit disturbed by the revelation that I had. The reason that I don't ask is because I'm too lazy. Because I just, I couldn't, I couldn't be bothered taking the time to stop, to see it, to declare it. I was just rushing off into my day. You know, there's invitations waiting for whoever will pick it up and use it. I was so convicted that I, I began to make shifts and changes in my daily routine. Started not taking appointments before 10.30 in the morning because I needed time to stop and listen and hear and see what he was going to do and make declarations so that when I, I came into the business of the day, I wasn't just walking through it, but I was being intentional and, and doing what I'd already seen. You know, this is available to anybody who'll ask. God's looking for you. You don't have to even have a prophetic vision about a lot of the things that you begin to see and say. You already know the will of God through the word of God. The word of God, the will of God is for you to be healed. 
So every day, picture it, see it, declare it. I'm the healed of the Lord. Get happy about it. Get excited about it. Your family, your circumstances, your children, your spouse, your workplace. And then take it further. Picture your church. What does my church look like? What do you want to do with my church, Lord? Oh, thank you, God. Pray for it. Pray for your church. Pray for, for the, the loss to come in. Instead of longing for it and wanting it to happen, begin to see it and say it. Thank you, God. People get saved in our church every week. It's, it grows every week. More and more people get saved. Imagine if we had a whole church doing that. Making declarations like that. You know, I love our church culture and I'm so grateful for this beautiful family. Hallelujah. And our church, is a, it's a beautiful culture. But I've heard people in the past complaining about their churches. Well, you know, they don't really like the worship. I don't really like this. It's like you are not adding anything. You are not helping anything. Why did you start making declarations? The worship at our church is so glorious and people get caught up into the arms of God and they're saved and transformed and healed in the middle of the worship. The worship leaders are so engaged. I mean, they already are here. Hallelujah, praise the Lord. But do you see the difference? You can be a, a grumbling, complaining consumer or you can be a declaring overcomer. God hasn't called you to be an onlooker, not any of us. If you've been born again, the Bible says it's no longer you who lives, but Christ who lives in you. Christ in you is not a victim. Christ in you is not complaining. Christ in you is not wringing his hands. Christ in you, he has the wisdom to apply to your life. Christ in you wants to, to speak and declare those things that be not as though they are and he wants to see you walk in victory and power. You know, I believe as we begin to realize who he is and who we are, we'll start to behave differently. You're not a little person having problems. The Bible says, in this world we'll have troubles, but take heart, he's overcome the world. What he's saying is don't, don't sit there and be a, a complainer. Don't adopt the mentality of a victim, but instead wake up and realize, thank you God, you've already overcome. Woohoo! I'm excited, I'm gonna get happy, I'm gonna sing, I'm gonna rejoice. You've already overcome in that situation. You've seen every trouble that's come my way and you've already declared that I have overcome because you've overcome for me. Hallelujah, thank you for that victory. Thank you, Lord, I celebrate your victory in the name of Jesus. Jesus, and happily celebrate, worship, and rejoice in Jesus' name. Amen? Amen? I believe today, if you'll pick up this word and use it, God wants to do something powerful. We've received not the mantle of Elijah. Yeah, Elisha received a double portion. The mantle fell from heaven. He picked it up and he struck the water, and the waters parted. You haven't received Elijah's mantle. You've received the mantle of Christ. He says, greater works will you do. Hallelujah. What are you gonna do with what you've got in your hand? You've been given power through the power of your tongue to make declarations, not as, as an orphan on the outside trying to make a formula work, but it, with a re revelation. Thanks, God. 
Hallelujah. I have power now to make a difference, to see change happen, hallelujah. And I'm, I'm not giving this a go, we're doing this together, me and God, hallelujah, amen. Well, Father, we say thank you for your word. Lord, let us apply it, oh God. I thank you for a victorious, overcoming church. Lord, that goes on from glory to glory and strength to strength. And I believe there's some people here this week, you felt a little bit discouraged. There's been even um, circumstances and, and um, fears that have started to come your way. But I believe the Father is wanting you to know I've already overcome. Take heart, I've overcome the world. Even when troubles come, this is what you can get happy about. I've already overcome. I've already got you. I've already, I'm upholding you with my righteous right hand. I've already got it. Hold on to me, you're not on your own. I'm here with you. And let me show you how we're gonna apply the power, the authority, the victory that I have for you, hallelujah. Thank you for joining us. If you would like to partner with us in spreading the gospel to the nations, you can do so via our website, www.glorycitychurch.com.au. We would love to hear from you. If you have a prayer need, please send us an email at info at glorycitychurch.com.au. We would also love to hear your testimonies. You can email these praise reports to info at glorycitychurch.com.au. God bless.